Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. All right. Now this, go ahead and put this picture up, Evie. This is a picture of me in college. It's kind of blurry. It's from a distance. I'm number 55 right there. I'm not dressed up, right, in uniform. And if you can kind of tell, I'm on crutches and I have a walking cast on my foot, right? Now, I spent almost two and a half years in that stupid, smelly cast, right? They gave me new ones because they smelled so bad. All right, you can take that off. Now, look, I was a stud, right? right? It's no wonder why Christina wanted to marry me, right? (laughs) Just teasing, right? But this picture of me in college, you notice that boot, right? Two and a half years on and off wearing that stupid walking cast, right? So while I was playing my sophomore year, after I passed all the conditioning tests, of course, right? The immediate next practice after doing all the hard stuff, I broke my metatarsal bone, one of my metatarsal bones, on the outside of my foot, just a tiny, little, insignificant, tiny, tiny, tiny bone until you break it, all right? So I had surgery, I was in that cast for a while, and I was on crutches, and I no sooner had, had healed and took that boot off, and then I broke it again, all right? This time, I was at an internship. I was in college, right? So I had a summer internship. I was at a church, and the elders told me I had to play on the church league softball team. And I said, I'm not ready. My foot, I just came out of a cast. They said, the only reason you got this internship was because of your batting average, right? We're not going to lose again, they said. So get out there. Well, I got out there. I hit a home run. I rounded third base, right? And you put half your foot on the base, half it on the ground, and poof, there goes my foot again. So again, I'm in the cast, right? I'm in that walking boot. I did lead the team to victory, but I sacrificed my foot in the process, right? So I was in it even longer, this tiny bone just giving me all sorts of trouble, I finally get back to school, I take the boot off, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing, I have a good season until the second to the last game. I break it again of my junior season. Snap it into, this time I have another surgery and they realize that the, the, the screw, the original screw they put in my foot was bent. Right? It had bent that, first, or that, that third time that I broke it. And so now they, they're saying, well, we either got to break your foot a bunch of times to get the screw out, or you can just live with it. So to this day, if you're into this sort of thing, you can see the head of the screw poking outside of my foot. It's kind of cool, right? <laughs> but listen, right? The stupid metatarsal bone. It's tiny, right? The, the foot is filled with tiny little bones. And this thing was a pain in my foot, right? right? It was a pain in my foot. Right? The feet have some of these littlest, tiniest bones. And when you break one, it doesn't matter how little it is. It still causes you trouble, right? It still causes problems, right? Patty's shaking her head. She knows about, about struggles with these little bones in your feet, right? Small things have a huge impact. 
Right? For instance, studies show, and this I'm going to try to implement into my life over the next couple weeks, right? Studies show that just walking 20 minutes a day can reduce a person's risk of early death by 16 to 30%. Right? That's a huge, that's a huge, that's a huge percentage. Like, if you can do 30%, that's a lot, right? Right? Just walking 20 minutes a day. Right? Then, if you get 30 minutes, this is the one I'm actually going to work on. Then if you get 30 minutes of more sleep a day, right, studies show that an increase of around 30 minutes of sleep for several nights in a row show an increase in attention span and improved performance and response times, right? 30 minutes. Now, if you, if you kind of edge closer to an hour of extra sleep a night, for four consecutive nights in a row, they say that you will be better at, uh, uh, at your, your attention and all that stuff will improve, but also you'll be less prone to accidents, to depression, to binge eating, to, to moodiness, right? all these things, right? Little changes, little things have a big impact, make a big difference, right? There are little things all around us in this world that make a huge difference if, if they're just on a whack a little bit, right? right? Think about it, right? Have you ever tried to go, to go to sleep and there's a cricket in your room, right? Or a mosquito, like buzzing around your head, right? right? Little thing, making a big difference. Or if you're like my, my wife and, and you see something like this and you're not able to fix it, right? Right, you see that? Or, or this one, right? All right, you see something like what? Right? Little things can make a big difference, right? So take a look at this. Take a look at this. Little things make a huge difference and can have, and have a huge impact, right? It is just the way the truth is. And the Bible is no different, right? The, uh, the, the Bible, this book that we have, that we, that we study, is huge. And there are so many heavy-hitting, right, hard-hitting, big stories that get a lot of screen time, right, if you will, right, that, that we just know about. Stories like Noah and, and the ark or Jonah and his whale. Stories about giant walls falling down around cities that thought were thought to be impenetrable, right? I said that weird. A, a man in a, in a den full of lions who he hangs out with instead of the lions eating him. And of course, there's the, the story, the ultimate story of our Savior coming into this world to be born of a virgin teenage girl, right? Big stories, huge stories. And this is what I want to say, right? This, this series that we're starting today is not necessarily about those stories, Right? This, this series is about those people that we've never heard of. Right? Those stories that you just kind of read right over or maybe you haven't even heard about or seen in your Bible. Right? You haven't gotten to those points. Right? That's what this next series of sermons is going to be about. Right? Take, a, take a look at this. Right? Small stories in the Bible and huge truths for our lives. Right? That's what we're going to look at. Over the next few weeks, small stories in the Bible, including maybe our own, and huge truths that we can instill in our lives as we forge a lifelong reliance on God. 
You know, when we went through the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation in 12 weeks, if there was one thing we learned, it's that all of Scripture points to the bigger story that God is telling. Right? And that's true for Noah. That's true for, for big hitters like Abraham and, and Paul and, and John. It's, it's true for all of their stories, but it's also true for the unnamed people. Right? The, 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 the people, it says, uh, when, a, when a man reached out and, and touched the cloak of Jesus, right? It's true for, for those people, the, the stories of, of healing from our Savior, right? It's true of, of just the small stories as well, right? Every story in the Bible points to a holy God seeking after his people and showing the truth, that they can instill in their lives. Right? His truth, his character, his ways. Right? And the same is true for our lives as well. Right? Think of it like this. Right now we are in the midst, in the middle of the Olympics. Right? We even had our own foundry Olympics yesterday. Right? Yes, it was a great time. Right? And we're in the midst of all this Olympics. And if you're, if you're watching on TV, it's, it's like the whole world is just gathering around every evening or every afternoon watching these games, right? I heard many conversations this morning out there of you guys talking about the Olympics, right? Stories of, of people who look like, like superhumans, people who have stories that will be told for generations and generations, right? And we sit and we watch all of this from our couch, right? Right, we're eating potato chips, and we're eating Oreos, and we're watching these Olympic games unfold in front of us. And if you're anything like me and my wife, you're watching these teenagers, and you're thinking, what have I done with my life? Right? What have I done? Right? As you get up and go and get the fourth slice of pizza from the counter. Right? Right, this week, a, a 17-year-old girl from Alaska named Lydia uh, Jakeby won a gold medal in swimming. And listen, they said the entire state of Alaska has only one, right? Get this, one Olympic-sized pool in the entire state. And she still managed to win a gold medal, right? There's a pool literally less than a mile up the road, and I get distracted on the way to the pool by the smell of McDonald's french fries, right? 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 It's crazy, right? For real, though, it's hard to look at something like these big stories that are all around us and think that my life does not really matter in the grand scheme of things. And we, we tend to think that. A lot of people come to this area, this greater D.C. area, and, and think they're going to change the world, and then they, they find themselves only making copies every day or, or just staring at a computer screen, and their hopes and dreams die. Right, but look, right, look, look at this. The Bible says that no matter your story, no matter your story, God can and will do big things. Right, no matter who we are, no matter our story, God can and will do big things. So over the next month, through the month of August, we're going to focus on some small stories of people you may not have ever heard of before. Right? And these aren't your, your typical Sunday school flannel graph type stories. Right? Right? But I'm believing that these stories can help us and change our lives. And so we're going to dive right in this morning. 
All right, we're going to learn about a man whose story can be found in the very first, first book of the Bible. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you, and you can take those with you. They are free for you. Or if you're tuning in online, or if you're here, you can scan that QR code and download the Foundry Burke app at your favorite app store. And there's a Bible tab. You just click that Bible tab, and today's scripture is already turned there for you. So go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 5. And as you're doing that, let me give you a little bit of context. Right? After telling the story of the beginning of man, right, and then the, uh, the fall of man, right, the writer of Genesis, Moses, decides to, to plop in a little genealogy list lesson for the reader. Now, this may not be your, good, uh, your idea of a good read, of a good time, right? A genealogy list, a genealogy lesson. But reading about who had what kid and how, they, how long they lived, right? It's important to the bigger context of Scripture, right? To the bigger story, the larger story of Scripture, right? And this quick genealogy uh, lesson shows us that Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, is a descendant directly from Adam, right? That, that first man, right? But it also reveals something else. It reveals that this, uh, the life of a, of a little known man named Enoch, right? So let's read about him in Genesis chapter 5, verses 18 through 24. Go ahead and follow along with me as we read this. All right? When, when Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch, our man today that we're going to look at. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. All right? Altogether, Jared lived, it says, a total of 962 years. And then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. All right? After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Although Enoch lived a total of 365 years, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Now that's it. All right? That is Enoch's story in its entirety in our Bibles, right? Seven whole verses. That's the whole story of his 365 years of life here on this earth, right? The entirety of all those years are boiled down to seven short verses, all right? So, so what is it that we know from those seven verses about Enoch? He's the son of Jared, right? He was the father of Methuselah, right? He lived 365 years, like we said, and he never died, right? He never died. That's it, right? That is some powerful stuff right there. Not really, right? There's not a lot of information except for the part that he never died, and we'll get to that in just a second. But there's still a lot that we can learn from this small story, some big truths that we can put into our life as we forge our life on God. Right? There's not a lot of information, though. Right? It's just the basics. Born, had a family, right? Then he was gone. Right? But that's 
a lot. You know, there's someone who once said that, uh, you know, on your tombstone, the most important thing on your tombstone is the dash. All right? You ever heard that? Right? You have the date of your birth, and then you have the date of your death, right? The day that you died, and there's a dash in between, right? All right? Someone once said that that dash is the most important thing about you, right? It's your life. What did you do? What, you know, what did you forge your life on? How were you living, right? It's that dash, and if that was true about anyone, it's true about Enoch, but instead of a dash, right, it's a phrase. It's a phrase, right? It's this little phrase. Take a look, right? Walked with God, right? That's his life. Walked with God. Now, come on. That's good stuff, right? Walked with God right in the middle of a list of births and a list of deaths It says a man walked with God, and it does not just say it once, it says it twice. This is so important to the character of Enoch, to the essence of who this man was, right? It's so vital that the writer cannot leave it out, right? He can't leave it out. Even in a simple list of of ancestors, this phrase had to be included, Enoch Walked with God. It's good stuff, right? It, it, it's, it's, it, it, it wants us to, to beg and to ask the question, right, what did he walk with God about? Like, what was going on, right? Did they, were they talking while they went? Right? Where were they walking to? Right? Was this a, a daily occurrence? Did it just happen every once in a while? Or was it like every day after dinner they went for a walk? Were they going to go get some ice cream? Like what was the point of the walk? Right? Was this all the time sort of thing? Or just a, a once in a lifetime type of walk? You see the, the, the answer we get is actually in the word walk in and of itself. Right? And it's Genesis 3.8 where this word walk is used for the first time, right? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says this. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, that's the first time the word walk is used, right? In Genesis, we hear uh, about the time when God walked in the garden and that he was coming to meet man, right? That's the first time in 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 the beginning of Genesis, right? In Genesis 3, 8, that time, right, God walks with man, right? God is walking with man. But in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22, the story of Enoch, right, man, it says, walks with God. Right? A little bit of a, of a difference there. This, for, for those of us on this side of the cross, right, after uh, the death of, of Jesus and his resurrection, points us to the promise to come. That's what's happening here. Right, a promise that we'll have the opportunity ourselves to walk with God every day. Right? To forge our life on him every day. Right? Enoch is not just a man in a genealogy line. He is a giant flashing arrow pointing in the direction of hope to come. Right? Man walking with God. Us walking with God. We get to be like Enoch, right? This list of names that we find Enoch in is no ordinary list. It is a list of men that will later help prove Jesus is the Messiah. 
right? It's his lineage. Enoch is in a long line of men who eventually lead to Jesus. And so, of course, the writer Moses had to include this clue, this little, this little uh, clue for us that not only are these men paving the way for the Savior to come into the world, but he's including one of them to, to show us the way things will be when the Savior gets here, right? Walking with God, right? Enoch shows us that, that in three short words, right, that what we have the opportunity to do when we give our life to Christ, when we forge our life on God, walk with God. That's what he's showing us, right? We can walk with the God who placed the stars in the heaven, right? The, the fish in the sea and the clouds in the sky and who placed his son on the cross for us, right? We can walk with him. And it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Well, it actually does because that's not the entire phrase, is it, right? right? It says because the phrase is not just walked with God, it's Enoch, walked with God, right? It's his name, right? Enoch walked with God. It wasn't just any person in this list of ancestors. It was a single man. It was, it was Enoch, and that holds special meaning because of what Enoch's name actually means. You see, just like today, when choosing the name um, a, a, for your child, right? When parents choose a name for their child, they kind of put in some thought into that process. Maybe they, they read a book and there's a character, or they watch a movie and there's a character that has some special meaning for their life, and so they use that name, or they use a family name, or they use uh, a name that has a special meaning that they hope will, will be instilled into the child, right? That's the same thing that's going on in this ancient time. Right? For example, right? my name is Andrew Ross Keeney. Right? Ross, my middle name, is actually my grandfather's first name right? my, on my mom's side. And my, my grandpa was a strong man, right? Ross. Grandpa Ross was a, a very strong man. He came back from World War II with his, his, his brother. They built a silo company, right? a company that built silos. I know we're kind of in the suburbs in the city, but silos hold grain and corn and and crops and stuff, right? And they built them all over the Midwest, uh, in Michigan and Wisconsin and Indiana and Tennessee and Kentucky and Pennsylvania, all over Ohio, right? And if you see a silo to this day, a cement silo to this day with a red and white top, that's my grandpa built that, right? When you're driving through the Midwest, right? He was a strong man because he had to lift all these, these cement slaves, they called them, right? He had to lift them, he had to stack them, he had to put them in place, right? But he was also a strong man in his faith. He always had his Bible with him. He was always at church leading and helping and serving, right? And so my parents chose that name, Ross, hoping that I would live up to his example of strength, both physical and spiritual, right? And then they named me Andrew. Right? And if you look at the definition of Andrew, it, it literally means strong and manly, right? No better name you know, right? right? They knew what they were doing, right? And Enoch's parents were no different, right? Except during this time in history, right, most names with special meanings were meant to explain their relationship with God, 
And so look at what Enoch's name means, right? It means to dedicate, right? That's what his name means, right? That's what his parents named him, to dedicate, Enoch, to dedicate, right? So when we read this phrase, Enoch walked with God, we can really read it as he dedicated himself to walking with God, right? He dedicated himself to walking with God, and that changes it completely, doesn't it? Right? Walking with God is not just something that happens by accident. It's a choice that we get to make, a decision that we have. Right? Enoch dedicated himself to walking with God. You can see it right there in verse 22. It says, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. All right? Something happened. Right? Something happened after the birth of his son, Methuselah, and we're not sure quite what it was, right? Now, it could, it could be that he became a father right, for the first time, and that kind of changed something in him. It could have something to do with the state of the world that he was living in. It could have been his age. We just don't know. But what we do know is that the birth of Methuselah, his son, changed everything. Right? And Enoch decided to dedicate himself to walking with God as a result. Right? Every, every step after the birth of his son would be one with God at his side, is what he's saying. Right? It was a choice, it was deliberate, and it was, it was with devotion that he made that decision. It was not by accident. Right? It was with intentionality. Right? Did you hear this funny story I saw on the news uh, about a bloodhound, a dog, a bloodhound dog who actually ran a half marathon. Right? His, the dog's name is, uh, it was in Alabama, and the dog's name is Ludvine. Do we have a picture of Ludvine? That's Ludvine. Right. <laughs> That's a great dog. <laughs> right. But this, this dog, um, well, the owners put it best, right? They, say, they said this. Uh, apparently, she went to the race starting line. Right? They, they let her out to go use the restroom, and she ran to the race starting line with the runners at the start. And at the sound of the starting shot, you know, the, the shot to, to send them on their way, she took off with them. And she stayed with them for a few miles, and then she kind of went off on her own. She smelled, evidently, a, a dead carcass of some animal by the road. She ran around in a river, uh, played in the river for a little bit, and then she got back into the race and ran the entire 13.1 miles of that half marathon. And she took seventh place. She took seventh place, right? Now, can you imagine all right, accidentally joining a half marathon? That's kind of funny, right? Right, first of all, that sounds exhausting. Uh, but secondly, I don't think I would make it to the end, right? Even, even Ludvine, the, the, the bloodhound, stopped to smell some uh, uh, dead animals and to run around and play and rest in the water for a little bit. Right? And that is what the story of Enoch teaches us. <laughs> we have to dedicate ourselves to walking with God. We have to dedicate ourselves to walking with him, right? We cannot just happen upon this adventure of faith and hope it all works out, right? We just can't, can't stumble into it, right? We have to have intentionality to join the race or we'll get lost along the way, right? We have to dedicate ourselves to it. We have to choose it every day, right? Think about the things that we dedicate ourselves to, right? We, we dedicate ourselves to our, our spouse, 
All right, we, we dedicate ourselves to our, our children, to a new diet or workout regime. Right? When this dedication is used, it is, it is deliberate. It, it's a choice, and it, it takes some foraging. It takes some work and striving and cultivating, right? right? You cannot just happen into a marriage and hope that it works out, right? I guarantee you're going to get lost along the way, right? You cannot just hope that once you have kids and you, you just leave them to their own devices and they'll figure it out along the way, Right? It's not how it works, right? That's, that's not going to work out in your favor, and it's not going to work out in your kid's favor either, right? And, and take it from me, right? Dedicating yourself to a diet or to a workout regime takes a lot more than just hoping that it all works out, right? As you, you know, eat that fourth meatball that you shouldn't be eating, right? right? Dedication is a ch- daily choice, right? It's a, it's a daily decision to take the next step. It's intentionality to do the right next thing, to remain faithful and going forward. Right now, all right, take a look at this because we're not all the way there. We still have another word that we're leaving out of this phrase, right? Enoch walked faithfully, right? He didn't just walk with God, right? Enoch walked faithfully with God, This man walked faithfully with God. This is the full story of Enoch's life. In his 365 years of existence, he dedicated himself to walking faithfully with God. He was so faithful, in fact, he did not die. He didn't die, right? I mean, listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 through 6. By faith, right? This is the the faith hall of fame in Hebrews. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him right Enoch our man today was so faithful in his walking with God that Enoch right did not have to see death he didn't have to experience death right one of the commentaries I I read said this it was almost as if if while walking with God one day God looked at Enoch and said you don't need to walk home today just come home with me Instead, you know, I was thinking about my friend Stephen. He and I, because we had this Foundry Olympics yesterday, and all these kids were running around, right, and getting in trouble. They were playing, having fun, right? And I was thinking, right, back in the day when I was a little guy, my friend Stephen and I, we would have been a terror at something like that, right? There would have been, we would have been throwing water balloons at each other all day. We would have been having fun. We would have been in church today, like downstairs. And every day, every weekend, I would come running upstairs, right, from junior church, and I'd be like, hey, can Stephen come home with me, right? Or, or Stephen would be like, hey, can Andrew come home with me this afternoon, right? It's the same thing, right? We were, we were so close. We had such fun. We were so committed to each other as friends that when we were just little guys, we were so content so pleased with our, our relationship with each other, right? We didn't want our time to end. That's the same thing with Enoch and God, right? That's what happened 
with Enoch, the God of the universe, right? God was so pleased with Enoch's faithfulness that he asked him to come back to heaven with him. Think about that. Enoch is one of only two men in the Bible who never had to die, and it's all because of his faith. Right? What an amazing and small club to, to belong to. Right? You don't, I mean, don't you, don't you want to be a part of that kind of club, right? Because of our faith, this amazing thing happened. Right? What an amazing venture. What a, an amazing legacy. What an amazing truth for our life. Right? Take a look. Right? This all comes down to this. Right? The greatest adventure of any life is to walk with God. The greatest thing, the greatest adventure, the most important thing we can do, the most important thing we can share and teach our children, the greatest thing we can accomplish is to walk with God and to be faithful in it. Now, of course, here at the Foundry, we would say, forge our life on God, right? right? Walk with God and be faithful in it. All right, take a, take a quick scroll through the rest of chapter 5 of Genesis, right? Uh, do, you, do you see anything else that is even remotely exciting? No, not really, right? It's just a list of names and ages and children, right? While it's important, like we said, to the story of Scripture as a whole, right? I, I know that this is not riveting um, information, a riveting entertainment type story, except for the life of Enoch. Right? And there's no great war story, there's no great battle, there's no parting of a sea or, or the earth flooding or, or, or talking animals or a man in a pit with a lion, right? There's no great adventure except Enoch walked faithfully with God. Right? One of my favorite preachers of all time, Spurgeon, put it this way. He said, Enoch's life has no adventures well, that we know of, right? It has no adventures, but it is not adventure enough for, but is it not, I'm sorry, adventure enough for a man to walk with God? What ambition can crave a nobler existence than abiding in fellowship with the eternal? A nobler existence than abiding in fellowship with the eternal. Right, Seriously. That's good stuff, right? What could be more exciting than faithfully walking with the creator of all things? Right? If we live our life like Enoch, the adventure that awaits us is just absolutely amazing. The problem is, right, the tension is, is we don't always walk so faithfully, right? And myself included, we, we, often, we often let life getting the way of truly living. Not as citizens of this world, but citizens of, of God's kingdom, living the way he wants us to live and for the things he wants us to live for. Right, look at what it says right there in Hebrews where we were reading. Right? It says, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Right? Who, who seek after him. Right? Those two things seem pretty simple, right? Believe that he lives, right? And expect some kind of reward. But the truth is, is that many Christians, myself included, people forging their life on God, act as if God is not living all the time. 
right? And how many others, though seeking after him, are not expecting from him a reward, right? Enoch's life teaches us that faith is simple. Not necessarily easy, but simple, right? Faith comes comes to God with the confidence that he is God, that he is the great I am, and faith comes with the confidence that God will be a generous giver. Not of what we want, but what we need. Right? Enoch's reward from the giver was no death. And I'll be honest, that's probably not the reward we're going to receive. But come on, why not give it a try, right? Why not dedicate ourselves to faithfully walking with God and seeing what happens? Forging our life on him. Right? Before we, we leave today and before we head out our different ways, I want to give you one step to take with you as you walk with God, right, as you forge your life on him, right, and did you see what I, I, as you, one step to take as you walk with, all right, I thought you guys would laugh at that one, but I want you to be equipped, right, that's what it comes down to, right, some of our values here, being, being equipped, being anchored to truth, right, equipping growth, right, so we want that, right? We want to we choose adventure. We want to be intentional about it. We want to continue this adventure faithfully. So here's this step that you can take today, right? It's reading your Bible. It's studying God's word, right? You cannot walk faithfully with the God of the universe, our God, if we do not know who he is, right? You cannot walk with someone until you know them, until you, you dedicate yourself to getting to know them greater and greater each day, right? Get to know God. Get to know the God of the universe, and it all starts there with reading his words, his revelation to us who he is, and, and studying his character and his ways, and, and finding out what breaks his heart and what sets him uh, on fire and exciting, right? His mission and his, his tasks that he has for us. That's where we start. We read God's word daily. It doesn't have to be long. And this is what I'm saying, right? You just open up to the book of Psalms and read one Psalms a day. Right, Psalms are a great place to uh, learn the, the character of who God is. Right, to get to know him, to have that relationship, to walk with him daily. Right, it's a little glimpse of, of the character of God who wants to walk with you. Right, so hold those truths. Start in the book of Psalms. If you don't have a, a Bible reading plan that you're doing, and if you have one, and you're kind of slacking on it, because we're all there sometimes, right? Step back into it. If not, start with the book of Psalms and see those truths. Most Psalms are shorter than the life of Enoch's description in, in Genesis. So as the, the band comes back up, let me encourage you in that. Start by reading God's word. Get to know who he is. Because that helps you step into the adventure that he has for you. The adventure that he has created for you. That he wants to walk with you in getting to know him daily. Let's stand and worship and sing again this morning in honor of our great God.